first Wednesday. It's been so far a great first Wednesday, right? Man, God's showing up. Uh, I won't keep you very long because uh, God's already done a great thing. And I, it's funny how God works because uh, as I was praying and preparing, uh, God had kind of laid this word on my heart for uh, a while now. And um, I didn't think I was going to preach it here. I thought God was kind of speaking this to me for a chapel I was going to do in October. And then uh, when uh, God, uh, when Josh asked me to, to share, God really wanted me to share this. And it just kind of goes along with what God's already been doing. So uh, with, without you know delaying uh, the, the word, let's, let's open the word to Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have your uh, Bibles with you. We're going to pick up in verse 4. Uh, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. He's imprisoned. He's been um, he's been imprisoned, and uh, and so right now he's in in Rome, and he is uh, writing a, a letter to uh, his church in Philippi. Okay, let's pick it up in verse four. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Come on now. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. That's a good word there. The Lord is near. I don't care where you are tonight, what you've been doing, where you are, where you are in life. If you're in the valley, if you're at the mountaintop, if you're somewhere in between there, the Lord is near. He proved that tonight. Man, the Lord is near. No, no matter where we go, God is near. Amen. Uh, do not be or do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and let and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, this is going to be our key scripture tonight. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything, if there's any, any excellence or if there's any praise or worthy of praise, think about these things. Come on, if you highlight in your word, if you have a Bible, if you're taking notes tonight, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray one more time. God, we love you. We thank you, Father. God, we thank you for what you've already done in the service, God. I pray that you would continue to seal your word in our heart, Father God, that you would challenge us and change us tonight by uh, your, your word, that we would leave here differently, God, that we would uh, leave here with a greater revelation of, of the power that we have in you, God. God, we love you and we thank you. In your holy name we pray. We all said amen, amen. I'm going to try to hurry some through this, this message so we can get home at a, uh, a decent time because I'm already tired. Eight o'clock is my bedtime, amen. And, uh, but uh, at night sometimes when I'm uh, with Rhiannon and we're, we're chilling, we're hanging out, and things are quiet because the kids are in bed and they've already made their 400 requests, amen, and, and, and come down and, and uh, we're, we're laying in bed sometimes and she'll look at me and she goes, what are you thinking, 
right? As, as people ask you that, what do you think? And it's such an odd question to me because thoughts are, can sometimes be very personal. And, 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 and when you look at somebody, you never really know what they're thinking, right? And, she, and I'm sure she's asking me and, and I'm looking at her in her eyes and she's expecting something very romantic and deep and, and like, I'm just pondering your beauty, that's gazing at me or something like that. And I'm really thinking, I really want to go downstairs and find some peanut butter and some Reese cups and then put some extra peanut butter on that Reese cup and then make a sandwich, amen, glory to God, and then wash it down with some milk. Uh, check it out. Well, I'm going to start a YouTube channel called Snacks with Sims because I like to snack. Um, I like to snack at night. I'm a night eater. Uh, what are you thinking, though? She asked me, what are you thinking? I want you to touch your neighbor and say, what are you thinking? That's a dangerous question to ask somebody. Studies show that, that we think we have 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. We, we think about things. God has created us with a free will. God has created us with this ability of higher order thinking. We are creatures that think about things. We ponder things. We dwell on things. That, uh, we have a little puppy, and, and she's the cutest thing in the world, and I love her to death. She uh, is my everything. Luna, uh, I love our little puppy. She snuggles with me at night. Uh, my wife actually uh, laughs because uh, when the girls were babies, uh, I was a Nazi and I didn't let them uh, sleep in the bed. I was like, no, no kids sleep in my bed. This is my bed. Then we get a little puppy and I'm like, she can sleep in the bed. Let's just keep it. And so she's barking and whining. And I'm like, oh, let's just bring her to bed. And she come to bed with us, she'd be quiet. So now she, if we bring her to bed and she'll, she'll lay in between us and then she'll snuggle up under the, the blanket, nuzzle up under the blanket and then, uh, and I'm a side sleeper so she'll, she'll lay right there in the, in the crease and, uh, and, and, and snuggle with me, it's great. I love my puppy but she does some dumb things and I'm thinking, what are you thinking? What's going on in your pea-sized brain, right? Because she doesn't have the thoughts that we do. She doesn't have the ability to think and dwell on things like we do. We begin to dwell on things. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, a philosopher uh, uh, way back in the day said this. He says, our life always expresses the result of our dominant thoughts. Let me repeat that. If you write down notes or you, uh, uh, this, is, this is a profound statement. Our life always expresses the results of our dominant thoughts. Everything that's ever been done in the world started with a thought. Everything that's ever been done, whether great, whether noble, whether heinous, it all started with a thought. Someone thought about flight, the Wright brothers. They began to dwell on this thing called flight and how they could, how they could build an a airplane and they began to think about it and dwell on it and they began to plan. And It all started with a thought. In Germany, in, in the 40s, there was a man that did some heinous things. And it all started with a thought 
uh, his name was Hitler, and he, he began to think about things and see things differently. He had, he had very heinous thoughts, and it all started with a thought. The, the, the uh, Holocaust started with a thought. There's things that, that thoughts are, are, are dangerous, and, and we see David in, in, the, in his failure. He, it started with a thought. He's, he's, he should be out to battle, and as kings go out to battle, but he's on his, his balcony, and, and instead of the battle, he's on the balcony, and instead of fighting this battle, he begins to face another battle, and he looks out across the, the landscape and sees this, this woman named Bathsheba, and, and he begins to have a thought. See, the, the, there's a battle that, that David should have been fighting. He should have been fighting a, a physical battle. But really, there's a battle that we all face that David fought or faced then and he lost. It's the battle between our minds. It's this, this battle of thoughts. That, uh, 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 Paul begins to write to the Philippi, the church in Philippi, something profound. And, uh, and, uh, and God started speaking to me. And, and as Judy was sharing about this, this, you know, she, she started thinking about this. It was a thought that she had that, that so dominated her life. And, and I, I bear witness with that. I've always felt inferior uh, intellectually and, and through things in our lives and, and people that speak things into our lives, we begin to think things and, and we begin to dwell on things and it begins to change things. See, if we, if we control our thoughts, if we fight this battle that we have, uh, our thought life has a profound impact on our life. Our thought life has has affects our affects us spiritually. It affects us mentally. It affects our our physical well being. And and so many people live in a, in a perpetual uh, unhealthy thought life. And it it might be because of outside influence. It might be because uh, uh, of other. Uh, stimuli, but but we all have this thought life, and, and it, it takes time to develop. I know um, uh, we we fight things, and, and Paul is writing uh, from a place where he's locked up. He's he's in uh, prison. He's actually in in house arrest at this moment when he's writing this letter. The the people believe he's uh, in this house, and and Paul had time to think. He's in prison, in and out of prison. He's been beating, he's been flogged, he's been starved. He's in all for the gospel of Christ, right? Paul, I don't know if you realize this, but Paul, he was a, a great he, uh, uh, a person. He, uh, he was a student of a great rabbi, and he was on the trajectory of, of, of greatness. He had this, this path laid out before him where he was probably going to be a, a great ruler in the synagogue. He was going to be a very uh, uh, respected Jewish leader, but then Jesus on the road to Damascus impacted Paul, uh, and his name was Saul at that time, but later known as Paul, he, he was impacted by Jesus, and, and so he left all that and went to live for Jesus. And, and as he lived for Jesus, which you would think would be a better life, right? Jesus can, he, he wants to 
prosper us, right? Not to harm us. God uh, uh, gives us plans and hopes for the future. But Paul experienced things in his life from the outside that looked like it was actually contrary to what what God was doing. Because he was actually, if he would have stayed in the Jewish community, he would have been well respected and, 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 and promoted. And actually he was carrying letters of death to the Christians and, and Jesus impacted him. And because Jesus impacted him, he began to preach the gospel of Christ. And then he was flogged for it. He was beaten for it. He was thrown in prison. And I wonder if Paul was writing this because he had a battle to fight in his thought life. He says, he says, and, and, and Philippians 4, 8, it says this, it says this, Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything or any excellence, if there's any praiseworthy, think about these things. I wonder if Paul wrote those words as he was fighting his battle. Because I wonder if Paul began to dwell on, on things or thoughts began to pop up in his mind thinking, what if? What if I didn't follow this Jesus? What if I would have stayed in this Jewish community? See, I believe that Paul, and it doesn't say this, but knowing Paul, knowing his story, and knowing human uh, uh, proclivity, I believe that Paul probably fought these battles and began to write these words, not out of, uh, sure, he was, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I believe he was writing it out of a, 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 a posture of weakness, because uh, I gr- well, so, well, someone said that if you preach out of weakness, you'll le- never learn how to, never le- run out of things to preach, amen, that's why I always have something to preach, but um, I just preach you from, from my weakness, but, because uh, we all fight this battle, I wonder if Paul fought this battle and began to think, what if I would have stayed in the Jewish community, what if I would have, uh, what if I wouldn't have left this stuff, and then in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he says this, he says, we demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. But check this out. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. This is not an easy thing to do. Our thought lives, our thoughts we can control. I know that that sounds crazy to some because, I mean, have you ever thought about that? We can control our thoughts. And, and, and Paul is saying we take captive every thought. And I'm not saying that some things, some thoughts just pop in our, our mind, right? There's a guy, you've probably heard me talk about this. I've talked about this a couple times. There's a guy I well respected and uh, as a pastor, I've, uh, uh, I've always felt calls of preaching, and I love the art of preaching. I love great preachers, and uh, I aspire to be one, and one day maybe I will be. But, uh, uh, but this guy told me one time, and, and I was working under him, he told me that he cringed every time, I, I, or he, he said he cringed when I spoke, and, and it crushed me. And I, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this because it was very crushing to me as someone that, that respected him and respected his preaching style, and he told me this. And, and now every time I get up to speak, every time I, I get up to do offering on a Sunday morning, this thought pops up in my head. What if they cringe? 
This thought that this this thought that somebody had spoken into my life that they they cringed when they they heard me speak. What if other people cringe when they hear me speak? This thought comes to mind and just to be honest with you this past Sunday after I did the the uh, offering comments I sat down and this this thought came to mind and and I had to take captive this thought right we have to take captive captive this thought this this negative thought and make it obedient to, to Christ because I know that God has called me. He has equipped me. Amen. I know that, that, that God, uh, he, because somebody had spoke this into my life, this is not true. I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to begin to think about what is true, what is noble, what is praiseworthy. I'm going to begin to take captive these negative thoughts that, that we begin to think, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, because your mom may have told you one time you're, you're, you're not smart enough to do this, or, or your dad or, or a teacher has said that you can't do this, or, or whatever. Or maybe you just look in the mirror, and, and maybe you just need a better mirror because you see something totally different than what God has called you to. Our thought life is an invisible battle we all face. We all see things and fight things in our mind in this, this, this battlefield between our, our minds. And, and, this, and this battle can either uh, kill us, take us down the wrong road, or man, we can win this battle. We can begin to take things captive. We can begin to take things captive and, and begin to change and train ourselves to begin to think better things. Just to be honest with you, I, I've been uh, really praying through this and, and walking through this. I, I've always had a, a poor self-concept, a poor self-image uh, in myself. I just have. And, and recently I, I've been really kind of studying psychology with, uh, with my school graduated, praise God, finally got my bachelor's, yay, uh, a couple months ago. But uh, one of the last classes I had was psychology of adjustment, and we, I began to read about codependency and, and self-concepts and the self-image type thing. Not that we, we're self-focused, we're not, we're God-focused, amen. But uh, throughout my life, I have, I've always been negative, and, and Rihanna can attest to this, I've been very self-deprecating in my life, and and I have been trying to train myself to, to every time I, I think something negative about myself, I, I begin to take captive that thought, right? It may pop in my head because, look, I'm 35 years old, and, and th my 35-year-old brain uh, for 35 years has been thinking these things things, right? And, and the same with you. I don't know what you face and what battles you're facing. Maybe it's lust, maybe it's depression, maybe it's, it's, it's anxiety, whatever it is. We have to take captive these thoughts. And it might, a thought might pop in your mind, but it doesn't mean that you got to dwell on it. Amen. It means that you got to take captive this thought. Got to tell you that thoughts aren't always true. Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you think it doesn't mean that that's the gospel. What's true is the infallible, uh, this infallible uh, truth, this absolute truth called the Word of God. What you think about yourself, whether it be poor or, or bad, but the Bible says judge ourselves with sober judgment. 
The God, our God calls us the head and not the tail. God says that you're the masterpiece. He says that he, you're the apple of his eye. I'm, I'm hurrying because I don't want to keep you guys too late. But our minds are broken because we are sinful people, right? We are sinful people and our minds are just simply broken because we are broken people. And in our sinfulness, sometimes we, in our broken minds, we have to adjust and take captive thoughts and begin to take that negative thought instead of thinking I am I am I am not worthy I am I am too stupid I, I'm too ugly I'm, I'm too yada 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 but begin to think about what's true what's noble what God says about you man we have to take captive these thoughts and begin to change them we can't dwell on them see this is where people mess up we begin to dwell on things and we begin to to think about things and we, and we keep going back to that we have a choice whether we want to dwell on that or not i can sit there and dwell and think about this guy that told me that he cringed when i, when I spoke and i can i can hold on to that man and i and i did i, I dwelled on this i almost quit ministry because of this because it, it, it was in my mind and i was like i'm not I sound like Napoleon Dynamite when I preach. How, how can people hear me and, and take me serious when I preach? Uh, people cringe when I speak. I stutter sometimes when I, when, I, when I preach. How can people, how can God use me? And I begin to dwell on this, but then I have to take captive this thought and begin to realize the truth. See, Jeremiah writes in, 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 in the Old Testament, he says that our, our hearts are deceitful above all things. We cannot trust our thoughts always. We have to test our thoughts by the Word of God. Because the Word of God is always true, amen? The Word of God will always be true for eternity. Well, you may think something... And it may not be true, but it might feel true to you. Amen. Like that. Sometimes our thoughts just feel true and, and we want to believe them. And sometimes it's not true. Uh, we have to test everything by the word of God. I mean, I know what what sometimes just that thought, man, just keeps coming back because it feels so true. And 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 maybe it's negative. I mean, we have to begin to uh Take captive these thoughts. And, and what does that mean? Like, how do we do that? That means you stop thinking about that. You, you, you adjust your perspective. You adjust that thought. You begin to direct your thought back to what's true, what's noble, what's, what's praiseworthy, what's excellent. Not the negative. Man, we can dwell on the negative stuff. Thoughts will influence your life. Come on now. Thoughts are going to influence your life. Our thought life will influence. And if we have a destructive thought life, it's going to destroy us. Man, if we keep thinking negative things and we dwell on this negativity, man, it's going to destroy us. If you failed, come on now, I feel anointed on if you If you've ever failed in life, if you've ever failed in life and you keep going back to that and you keep dwelling on that, you keep thinking about that, Man, it's going to destroy you. Failure is not final. Come on, failure is not final. God is, is there to heal. Man, God is saying, change your thought life. He's saying, Paul's saying, look, you can think about things. Think about what is true. What if Paul just sat there in prison and just thought and dwelled on his circumstances? Uh, we cannot allow our circumstances control our thought life. 
Come on. Our, thought, our circumstances might suck, but we cannot allow the negativity of this world. We cannot allow this negativity uh, uh, that this world keeps throwing at us and, and, and begin to dwell on that. We have to begin to, to change how we think about things, to have to change how, how we, our, our thought life. Man, we have to change our perspective Something uh, sometimes. Our, the truth is that we can change our thought life. Come on. Habits, thoughts are habits. We build habits in our life. It says that uh, the studies show that it takes 21 days of doing something every day to actually for it to become habit. 21 days every day doing something for it to be habit. Man, we, we've thought things in our life for so long. They feel so true. And it's just become a habit. And we keep going back to it. We keep going back to it. Dave, if you would come play. Uh, we, we've thought this, and it becomes this habit in our life, and we have to begin to change that. And it's not easy. It's going to take work. Come on, it's going to take work. And it's going to take work on our behalf, but it's going to take God, too. Come on now. Because what? Faith without works is what? Dead. Man, it's going to take work on our behalf. God is not going to change your thought life for you. God says... Paul says, God says through Paul, he says, take captive every thought. That's, that's an action that we have to take. We, that's an action on our behalf. It doesn't say that God is going to take captive every thought. No, it says that, that we take captive of every thought. The action is on us. And then Paul says, think about these things instead of these things. Man, we live in a negative world. We live in a world, if you, if you search Netflix, I mean, we spend more time searching Netflix than we actually do watching Netflix because everything's garbage. It is. And then when you think you found something and you turn it on, you realize it's garbage. Or there's some sort of garbage in there. And so we wade through the garbage to get to the good stuff sometimes. But look, Man, I don't know where you are. I feel like God is speaking to some people tonight. If not, he's speaking to me. Because I know God has been, has been just speaking this word into my heart. We can live a full life. God wants us to live a life that's full of, full of life and joy and peace. Man, and in our minds, we can have such unrest un, just no peace in our minds and our thought life but God wants us to have peace he wants us to begin to dwell on the good things sometimes I can be pretty negative I can be a negative person I'm just going to be honest with you and, um, and my, my wife we were joking the other day that that I was Debbie Downer, and I can be a Debbie Downer, just to be honest with you. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you've seen that old SNL uh, uh, skit, but it's, it's called Debbie Downer, and she's like, just she's just negative about everything. She's, she's Debbie. So I can be really happy. And I don't know what it is, but maybe just uh, just how I grew up or whatever, I, I'm, I see the negative. I'm the glass is half, uh, half empty. Like, I'm like, uh you know, stuff half full. It's just, 
who I am, but I've been trying to change that. And so it takes work though, right? It takes work. It takes a, a perspective change. But God wants us to live a life that's full of joy and peace. He wants us to live a productive life that that first we have to develop a healthy thought life. That's going to apply to your job. Man, that applies to your marriage. Man, come on now. Uh, our, our marriage, thought life is huge. Because we can, we can, in our thought life, make the other person the villain. In our thought life, we can begin to, to think things about the other person that's not true. Come on, in, our, in our minds, we can begin to deceive ourselves. We can begin to focus on the negative, or we can see the, the positive. We can see the, the, the good things in our spouse, amen, and celebrate those. We can begin to dwell that I, on the fact that I did dishes last night, amen. Can I get an amen? Uh, can we dwell on that instead of uh, how the bed wasn't made or, or how whatever, but or I forgot to take, out the, take down the trash cans two weeks ago. Uh, we could dwell on that and, and, and get mad, or we can begin to choose and dwell on, our, our, on the good things of life and begin to change our perspective. A positive person is a grateful person, amen. Our thoughts are the rudders that steer our life. Come on, write that down, tweet that out. Our thoughts have power to change the trajectory of our lives. Our, they are the small rudders that, that steer a giant ship. I mean, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, these, these, these boats are, are huge. But in comparison, they're steered by little small rudders. They're called rudders, right? We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Second guess myself. You ever say a word that you're like, wait, was that? Was that the right one? Yeah, we'll go with that. This giant ships, the, our life can be steered by small thoughts that keep coming back. We have to take captive. Once again, our Philippians 4a, come on now, flip there. I want you guys to, to read this uh, this week. Man, the word of God is good. We need to dwell on the word of God. And Joshua, it says, is that, he says, meditate on my law day and night. Man, we need to begin to think about the good things of God. We need to begin to dwell on the good things of God instead of dwelling on the bank account or dwelling on 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 the negative boss at your work. Come on, that that negativity that coworkers spread about you, that that negative customer that is trying to ruin your day because their car wasn't done today. Come on, I'm preaching to myself now. The, the, their bill was too big and and, and, and they're trying to spread negativity to you and, and you begin to go back because that was the first thing in the morning. You keep going back and, and think about, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And, and you begin to dwell and it begins to ruin in your day and it begins to work it, its its way into other things you begin to be blind to the good things that have happened finally beloved whatever is true the word of God amen that's always true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure come on we gotta we gotta have a pure pure thought life guys in here man we gotta have a pure thought life Especially this day and age, man, we, we got to have a pure thought life. We have to 
and, and, and Psalm, it says, guard your heart. Or maybe Proverbs. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. If there's anything, or if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And check this out. And the peace of God will be with you. Back up to verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Come on. And then he says, finally. He kind of transitions after that. I believe that the peace of God that will guard our hearts and our minds comes through dwelling and thinking about truth, honor, just, pure, things that are pleasing, Things that are commendable. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Come on, stand up to your feet tonight. Man, God's been working tonight. Amen. God's been speaking to us. I believe God is, is here to give us life and peace. As Jeremiah says, he has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. plans to give you hope and a future. And we can sabotage those through the battles of our mind. And as Paul did, as, as, and I'm sorry, as David did, instead of being at the battle that he should have been where God had called him as a king, he should have been in battle with his people and said he was fighting another battle. He shouldn't have even, he shouldn't have even had to fight. Come on, if he wouldn't have even been there on the balcony, if he would have been in the battle instead of the balcony, See, he was fighting a battle he shouldn't even, even fought. Sometimes we put ourselves in places and we fight battles we shouldn't have even fought. We shouldn't even have to fight. Come on, we need to start guarding our hearts, begin to take thoughts captive. And we need to begin to strategically place ourselves where God wants us in obedience. So we won't even have to fight battles sometimes, though. We should, God didn't even intend us to fight. God, every head bowed, eyes closed. God, we love you. We thank you.